This is New York Game Day, presented by Tullamore Dew Irish Whiskey. When it's game time, it's Tully time. Infinity. Discover more about the luxury and performance of an Xfinity QX60 crossover at XfinityUSA.com or visit your local Infinity dealer today. And by the engagement experts at London Jewelers. Visit them at any of their seven locations, including Short Hills, or shop online at LondonJewelers.com. Anita's three locks of the week. All right, it's time for my locks of the week brought to you by Corona. Went 0-3 last week, guys. Had the Ravens over 26 and a half team total points. They only scored 25. Um, Seattle lost to the Rams. Huge surprise to me. And Pittsburgh getting manhandled by the 49ers. Probably my worst call. So now looking to get... 3-0 and to get back to 50%. I'm going to start off with my favorite play, and that is the Atlanta Falcons. Minus one and a half at home against the Packers. If you look at Jordan Love and you look at his stats, very deceiving. 28 out of 32 quarterbacks in regard to accuracy was only 55% completion percentage uh, in week one. A lot of his stats were Aaron Jones and his yards after the catch. Aaron Jones, not expected to play. Chris Watson still out. And their defense gave over 300 yards in week one. Meanwhile, Atlanta, their defense, seventh in pressure rate. Uh, they've got Peterson. Okuda is back. They've got a good offensive line. I think they're going to run the ball all over the Green Bay Packers. So I like Atlanta minus one and a half. I'm going to play a two-team teaser. Mike, I'm with you with the Patriots. I'm going to tease the Patriots up to plus nine, plus eight and a half. And I'm also going to go with the Bills, and I'm going to build, I'm going to tease the Bills down to minus two. I think this is the get-right game for the Bills and Josh Allen against the Raiders. For the Patriots, loving me. I, I think the Patriots win outright. That's why I'm thrilled to use them as a two-team six-point teaser and tease them up to plus eight and a half, plus nine. I think Mac Jones having Bill O'Brien there is really special. And now this is a frequent flyer mile. Miami Dolphins team having to come back from the West Coast and then back up to New England. Uh, and they're dealing with a lot of injuries. And last but not least, uh, probably one of my favorite plays might be my best bet outside of uh, outside of Atlanta, and that is Jameer Gibbs. Over three and a half receptions. Uh, reports are that he's going to have a larger workload. Also, the Seattle Seahawks play a lot of zone defense, especially in the red zone, and golf loves to target his running backs when he's going up against a zone defense. So I think... Montgomery is going to be carrying the rock. Gibbs is going to receive the rock out of the backfield over three and a half receptions for Jameer Gibbs. So, Mike, let's start with you. Out of those three locks of the week for me, is there one that you absolutely love or is there one that you're like, no, Anita, I'm on the opposite side? No, I, I, I like the you know Patriot-Dolphin game, as you, as you talked about. Um, just think New England has sort of uh, – I was surprised at the Chargers' defense, to be candid, but – I like New England's defense. Um, I think they can rush the passer. I think they'll cover better than Chargers did. I don't know why Mike Davis was man-to-man against Tyreek Hill. And on the other side of it, I I do think, again, we've talked about it quite a bit on the show, Mac Jones will play better. Um, Don't know if Jalen Phillips is going to play the talented defensive end for the Dolphins. He got hurt practice on Friday. So um, that's another key injury to watch. Amani? Um, I... I I don't. I don't believe in the Patriots. Like I, I just don't. I just don't think that. Uh, I think they played well versus. Uh, I think they played well versus versus uh, versus. Um, why am I brain farting here? 
Eagles. Yeah, I think they played well the versus. The I Eagles. think they played well versus the Eagles, but I, I just think the Eagles didn't perform as as well as they they probably would like to have. Um, so yeah, I, I just don't believe in the Patriots. Okay, all right, that's fine. Uh, again, just to uh, recap, and a minus one and a half against Green Bay. Two team six point teaser. Patriots plus eight and a plus eight and a half plus nine if you could get it, along with the Bills minus two, and then Jameer Gibbs over three and a half receptions today for the Detroit Lions. Uh, my locks of the week brought to you by Corona, an official cerveza of the New York Jets. Stay tuned. Jordan Renan joins us now. We'll get a report, Big Blue Report, what's going on with the Giants. Also, Dan Graziano was kind enough to join me on my show yesterday. Uh, we talked Jets and Giants as well. Dan was at the Giants-Cowboys uh, game last week, so uh, he had an up-close and personal view of all that went wrong. So all that coming your way next, and of course we end the show strong with our predictions. So hang tight. New York Game Day continues right here on 98.7 ESPN. Now, back to New York Game Day with Amani Toomer, Mike Tannenbaum, and Anita Marks. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Welcome back to New York Game Day on 98.7 ESPN. Brought to you by Bud Light, the official beer of the NFL. Enjoy it responsibly. And also brought to you by Bet365. Uh, whatever the sport, whatever the, the, whatever the moment, there, it's never ordinary to bet 365. And now we have the Jordan Renan report uh, brought to you by Samsung Auto Mall. Uh, eh, Jordan, uh, how are things? How are things going for you? And what's it like over at, at, uh, it, with the Giants facility? The fact that they got blown out 40 to nothing, how are they going to put Humpty back together again and get this positive energy that we've had from last season uh, going down in Arizona? Yeah, I think that's an interesting point you brought up last season. I think that that's what they're going to rely on here, right, that they did have that last season. They've been telling themselves, you know, we are a good team. We've seen it. We already saw it last year. You know, that was just a bad performance. We're going to put that aside and get back out there. Sorry about this. I'm in the streets and there's a fire truck driving by. I don't know if you can hear that. But, it's uh, New York. We're used to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, 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 Jordan, we can hear it. I think all of New York City can hear <laughs> is it. Is that what that is? <laughs> it's, it's right next to me right now. I'm about to jump on. There we go. I'm on the back. Going up the ladder. No, okay, I think we're good now. But, uh, no, that's 
You're, you're not, what, Jordan, you're not in Arizona? How, yeah, go ahead. I am in Arizona. Okay. Wow. I'm on the streets of Arizona, and uh, there happens to just be a fire truck drive by. There's like literally nobody out here, and as I'm talking, the fire truck decided to drive by. But, uh, you know, so they're relying on that, the fact that they had success last year, and they feel like this is the same team and an even better version. So I think they're able to, the fact that it's the first game, they're like, oh, they're able to put it aside. So, you know what, that was just a bad game. That's not really us. We were, we're a much better team than that. And uh, now move forward here. And they know, I think, how big a game this is because of what's on deck, right? They know that it's Thursday night coming up in San Francisco, which we can make the argument that San Francisco's defensive front and defensive line is even better than Dallas. Like that's how, so that's what they're going to be facing. That's going to be a tough game for them. But uh, you know, they they need this win now, so they're out to prove that last week was an aberration and not with this 2023 version of the Giants. Is. And going into the game, like, where do you feel like the best matchups are for this Giant team? Because you know, we we talked earlier in the show, Jordan, that. You know, Arizona's in a rebuild, but they did have six sacks against Washington, and we know how poor the Giants' offensive line was in week one. Yeah, I think, look, they got to be able to run the ball. I think this team, uh, in general, works better when they run the ball and they're not completely pass-reliant. And I think they got pass-reliant in that game. So while this defensive front for Arizona was pesky the other day, I don't think it's the most overly talented line. I mean, it's, there's a lot of people who think they're tanking, right? So this isn't a really loaded roster. So if they can run the ball, I think they believe that it'll open up. So the Giants against that defensive offensive line, which obviously needs to play better. And we know that this is kind of what they are. And we knew that last year, and it proved again this year. That offensive line, more than anything, is better at run blocking than it is pass blocking. They're not a very good pass blocking front. So – if they can get that run game going, it'll help. Now, the question is whether Andrew Thomas plays the left tackle. That's still up in the air. I'm not so sure at this point, which means Josh Zulu could be at left tackle. Uh, who knows who's going to be at left guard? I almost expect there to be a rotation there. So a lot of moving parts with this offensive line, which leaves a lot of questions, and that's the reason why you come here and you're saying, well, they should win. You know, this is, this is a, they're better than this Arizona team. This Arizona team's not good. But they do have some concerns, and it begins with that offensive line. Now, Jordan, all we were hearing about all offseason was how good Darren Waller was going to be, and I was drinking the Kool-Aid. Mm-hmm. He was very ineffective in the first game. I don't know if that's because of you know, his hamstring or because of the deficiencies at offensive line. Uh, is, is this a must-breakout game for Darren Waller to really kind of be the glue between the run game and the pass game and really be the safety blanket that Daniel Jones uh, needs because of the fact that he's such a prolific passer to the tight end. Yeah, I mean, I think he'll be fine. That, nobody could do anything in that game. Right? It wasn't just Darren Waller. It wasn't, I don't think it was that Darren Waller played for it. They just couldn't go back and throw passes, right? They couldn't go back, and Daniel Jones couldn't have, didn't have time. And even when he did, he looked like he was a little bit flustered from earlier. So, you know, that contributed to Darren Waller not being able to do much. So, uh, yeah, I think you'll see more of that today. You'll see more of them be able to basically just run offense, Imani. They couldn't run, they couldn't run offense like, throughout that game. It was just like 
uh, Daniel Jones steps back and he's running for his life or he's getting sacked. He got sacked seven times. He got pressured the most he's ever gotten pressured in an NFL game. So uh, that, I think, more than anything contributed to Darren Waller not doing a lot of damage. He still was their leading receiver, which isn't saying much because nobody did anything. Uh, and so I think given the opportunity here, you're going to see him be more involved. He's probably also a little healthier, which I think plays into it. He, remember last year he went into the game questionable uh, with a hamstring problem. And this week, you know, they gave him an off day on Wednesday. Uh, it seems like he's going to get a veteran day every one, you know, once a week. You know, there's a certain guys who just want to keep healthy that you just you know, kind of ease up on at the beginning of the week. He's going to be that guy this year uh, because the Giants need to make a special plan. And he, he he's injury prone. He has injuries in his past, so that's part of their plan to make sure Darren Waller is healthier. And I think this week he comes into this game in better shape health-wise than he probably did last week. Hey Jordan, go to the other side of the ball. Um, you know, a lot of the headlines coming out of that game was Gi- Giants' offensive line, and you know everything we just talked about. But I feel like the defense may got a little bit of a free pass. You know, this week they're going from Dallas to playing, you know, Josh Dobbs and you know, candidly an offense that yeah. is is a rebuild with Kyle Murray being out. Do you expect Don Martindale to be more aggressive this week? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, he, you know, first of all, he's always aggressive. He's aggressive by nature. So I, I do expect him. And, I mean, Josh Dobbs threw the most tight windows throws last week. He, he led the league. It was over, like, 50% basically. He uh, fumbled the ball three times, lost two. Didn't throw an interception, but I think there were opportunities there. So, I mean, when you're thinking you go into this game, what you're saying, hey, we're going to pressure the heck out of Josh Dobbs, and I think that's going to be the game plan here. And uh, it doesn't help that Aziz Ojolari's not going to play. Uh, we're back to this. As, you know, last year for him it was injuries nonstop. Um, he's dealing with a hamstring injury now. That, that doesn't help. But I'd expect a lot of blitzes from a lot of different places. And we have a young quarterback like Josh Dobbs who doesn't have a tremendous amount of experience. I think that is a you know recipe for success. You pressure him, have it come from different places, so he kind of doesn't know where it's coming from. I mean that, is a, that that's exactly what Wink does, right? So uh, I expect to see that a lot today, and I expect to probably see a couple turnovers forced by the Giants defense. Uh, so you have Deontay Banks and uh, Trey Hawkins, the two uh, rookie corners. How did you think they did last week, and and how excited are the Giants about their their prospect of getting t- getting some experience and, and being able to find to two corners that uh, that could be around for a while? Yeah, I think they did all right. I mean, Deontay Banks did well, but he also left the game and didn't finish the game. He really didn't only played half the game, so we saw half of Deontay Banks uh, and Trey Hawkins. He held his own. He did all right. Uh, did pretty well, I mean, except for that one pass interference, which I know a lot of Giants fans were mad about. But when you talk to Jerome Henderson, the defensive backs coach, he was like, no, that's interference in this league. You just can't put your arm around the guy. I, I know he was in good position, right? But you just can't put your arm around him, put your arm around his neck, even if it's for a second, and the ball's over his head. like that. It was just un- an unnecessary pass interference. So those are kind of like, you know, the learning curve things that you're going to deal with with these two young uh, rookie cornerbacks and playing two young rookie cornerbacks. Now, in this game, Arizona is, not, you know, they're not loaded on the wide receiver, right? They have Marquis, Marquise Brown, Hollywood Brown. Like, they're not. So it's a matchup where you think that they should have some success, and it's not one of these games where you're like, uh oh, 
you know, they might they might just uh, start picking on these rookie wide receivers here. I think this is a game where they can build their confidence. But we need to see Deontay Nance get through an entire game, right? Because he didn't in his first career game. That would be a, a, the first step for him and Trey Hawkins just kind of learn from the hey. They're going to call those kind of things. If you get too handsy in the NFL, they're going to call it. You got to be careful. So I I feel like I'm the outlier in this conversation. You know, two giant guys here, but uh, I, I I assume you're expecting a big uh, giant win today here, Jordan. Like, what's uh, what's your prediction? I think they'll win. I think I'm not saying they're going to go in there and blow them out. I think they'll kind of like hang around. They'll end up winning. Uh, off that performance the other day, I just can't sit here and be ultra confident that the Giants are going to put this great performance out there. Right? I mean, they were awful the other day. You don't lose forty to nothing in the NFL by accident. That's have any either of you ever lost forty to nothing in the NFL? All right, Tay, Tavon Kibito, um He didn't. He didn't even show up. Like, what? What do you think about you know? Is he just a guy, or is he? Did he just have a bad game, or is he not what the Giants organization expected from a guy who they drafted so high uh, just a couple of years ago? I think we're still in the mode of, like, trying to figure out, like, hey, this group needs to be more consistent. I mean, he, he personally needs to be more consistent, right? Uh, and at times you see the flashes, you just don't see it all the time. And I think you got a hint of that in training camp when Wink said that, you know, he, he brought Kayvon up to the front of the room, and that was what he kind of told him. Like, we need it from you all the time. And I think that that's part of the thing. Like, we, we didn't see much the other day, right? Um, that was, he, was, he was kind of a no-show in that game. But at the same, at the same time, uh, you know, the game scenario kind of played into that. The Giants were down. They didn't get torn apart defensively, to be quite honest. I think they let up less than 300 total yards. They didn't allow a passing touchdown. Yet they lost forty to nothing, which is kind of amazing to even consider. Uh, but yeah, you want you want more from Kayvon Thibodeau, and it's really an extension of camp. You don't go to training camp and watch and be like he's just dominating all the time. You don't see that that type of player. Mm. So I, I'd be a little concerned about that. Not that he's not a good player. I think he can be. I think he's still, uh, you know, trending towards being a good player. But I don't know. And I told you this. I, I think uh, last time is. A, I don't know. The signs aren't there that he's this, you know, a great player, that he's a dominant player, that he's a, you know, the next uh, Miles Garrett or name name the guy. You know, it, you just don't see it enough, and I think that kind of showed in the opening. One last one for me, Jordan. You know, given you know the circumstances of last week, and again, I, I've said it all, all week long. Like, I'm not saying they would have won, but clearly, you know, the way that game started, given Daniel Jones's personality, like. Who really are the leaders on this team to say, hey, you know what, like, it should be three to nothing, us, but we're down seven. It's not the end of the world. Like, let's, let's you know, understand, like, this game's not over yet. It just seemed like um, Amani had mentioned it earlier, Jordan, just about, like, you know, when they got hit, like, nobody was able to punch back. Like, you're around this team every day. Like, who, who are the leaders on this team? Yeah, it's definitely Saquon's the vocal guy, I think, especially on the sideline and stuff. He's the guy that goes around and fires everyone up uh, and, you know, you know, says stuff like that. Guy, Come on, let's get our act together. We need to get this going. Uh, Daniel Jones as well. And I think on the defensive side, it's probably going to have Xavier McKinney. Uh, so those are the three guys that I kind of look at as probably the most 
influential guys in regards to leaders. Uh, but if I had to say one, it's probably even Saquon, just because Daniel Jones is very similar in that way to Eli, right? In that he's the leader and he'll talk, but he's more of like a lead by example guy. And so Saquon is probably the more vocal guy, especially, especially when things are, pro- are going poorly on the sideline. I, I think he's the guy that kind of tries to get it together. But I'll give him credit on this. Like I'll, I'll, I'll let them go on that and then the fact that they, you know, they don't have the right leaders. Because last year, they got it together last year at times when we thought they wouldn't. Right? If you think back to the second half of last year, they hit that rough patch and they kind of were able to slap it together late in the season and get it back on track. So I, I don't think it's a, a leadership void that this team has. I think it's still a talent void more than anything. That They're just not at the level of the Dallas Cowboys and Philadelphia Eagles, which are two teams that are in their division, right? And that, that makes it tough. You have a, a slim margin for error when you're the third best team at best in your division. I think that that still is the case. And then they played their F game on top of that last week. Uh, and you can't play your F game when you're playing a team that's still ultimately better than you. Hey, uh, Jordan, you're, you're hundred percent right. Uh, by the, one of the things going into this, going into this season is you thought that uh, they were the the Giants had such a improvement in their roster with some of the turnover that you know with the receiving core with Jalen Hyatt and all these guys you thought that this team was further along Uh, how big of a setback should Giant Giant fans feel when they really you know like I've been saying it all day when they run when the rubber meets the road this team still is third place and the gap is not uh, closed. Uh, how do you think um, uh, Brian Dable motivates his team to 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 stay focused and uh, to to keep pushing forward uh, when they realize that they're going to have to go through like they thought they were going to be more competitive. Now it's going to be like a shoestring thing. How if they were able to they're right. going to get in the playoffs if they they have to play every game and all these games that. Uh, Every game uh, close to the vest, they're going to have to play every. They're going to slosh through the season like they did last year, and, and it's not going to be a yep. comfortable situation. Well, let me tell you, Amani, this isn't like Tom Coughlin where he goes up and he goes to the front of the board, the room at the team meeting on Wednesday, and he puts up the standings, right? And he says, "Here's what we need in these first four games of the year." Right? Brian Dable is the ultimate preach. Worry about now, you know, uh, win today kind of guy. And that's the, the, the whole team parrots that every time you ask. I mean, Brian Dable's press conference, he doesn't answer anything because he's like, I'm just worried about, you know, practice today. You know, they, that's the approach that this team is going to take. Uh, they're hoping that, okay, later in the year as they move along, this team will progress and we'll see more of that team that people thought that perhaps they could become. But the reality is, they probably overachieved last year, right? We all can agree. They, they overseeded their talent. Their record was better than their talent was. I think most people think that. Now you have better talent, but you have a harder schedule. So you, like, you might end up in the same spot. I, it might seem like you're running in place. But in reality, you did make strides because your team is better, and your team is better from moving forward. So I think – you have to be realistic about what this Giants team is and was. Like, if you came into the season and thought this was going to be a team that was going to be a Super Bowl contender, that's probably on you for the, having the wrong expectations. 
the roster still is not there. They, they still do, can't compete with those top teams in like the, the San Francisco's and the Philadelphia's and, and obviously Dallas. Now we could throw them in that category. Uh, so I, I think it's about managing expectations and this team is going to worry about, okay, let's, let's get this win in Arizona. Then we could worry about moving forward, right? Because they, I, they, they need this win in the worst of ways because San Francisco on deck, that's a really tough game to win. Uh, and then the following week, Monday night at home against Seattle, like they get, if they could get through that at two and two, okay, then you can move forward and breathe and sort of say, okay, we're in decent shape moving forward now. We just have to keep getting better as a team. I think that's the approach that Brian Dable's going to take. Well, thanks, Jordan. Uh, you get better and you, man, you outdo your expectations every time you jump on this radio show. We appreciate you. Thanks for, ha- thanks for being on. That was really cool to simulate the, uh, the, the ambulance in the background like we were in New York. I don't know how you did that, but that was really well done. <laughs> I'll try to do it again next week, okay? No, I, got it. I got you. By the way, so I'm standing out here. The whole, the, I'm on the streets of, of uh, Tempe, and I'm, I'm, I've had to walk away because across the street is like standing on the corner was like John Mara and uh, Joe Shane and like all these people in the front office and the coaching staff. And I, I, I was about to do the interview, and I was like, oh man, I can't stand here and, and you know talk about the team and talk about last week's forty nothing loss with an earshot of everybody. So. <laughs> Yeah, I know John Mara takes it real serious, and if the team's not doing well, you can he, he it's written all over his face. It's not in a good mood. So all you Giants fans out there, oh, you're, you're you're, right. the, the owner absolutely cares, and he takes it very, very personally. But uh, thanks a lot, Jordan. Uh, and that's Jordan Renan, uh, the Jordan Renan Report, brought to you by Sansun Auto Mall. Discover it for yourself. Discover for yourself the S in Sansun uh, savings. Uh, at Sansun's Dodge Jeep, uh, they uh, they overstock. They're overstocked with Wrangler XE models, and all must go on Route One, uh, Route One in Woodbridge, New Jersey, or shop uh, shop online at SamsungJeep.net. Thanks a lot, guys. All right, guys, thank you. Great interview with Jordan Renan. I was fortunate enough to catch up with Dan Graziano. Uh, on Saturday, and I thought it'd be great if we shared some insight from him pertaining to the Jets and the Giants. Let's listen in. Let's start first and foremost with what's going on with the Jets. Uh, As we know, the situation with Aaron Rodgers, uh, got the Achilles surgery. He's out there in Malibu healing. Can't wait to get back with the team. But in the meantime, the team is going to roll forward with Zach Wilson. I think it's a huge mistake. Uh, I think they should at least knock on the door, see what other quarterbacks potentially are out there. What say you? Do you think the decision to roll with Zach Wilson is the correct one for this Jets organization, Dan? I think, I mean, given that, um, you know, it's probably tough to find quarterback help this time of year. Wilson's been there all summer, been with Rodgers, been in the offense, and they're on a short week. I just feel like, I'm not sure they had a choice but to go with him this week. And, and I think, obviously, the way they feel like they set him up best to succeed is to make sure that he feels that they have confidence in him. So supporting him is, I think, you know, the way they decided they had to go. I think, honestly, if, it, if it's a disaster, then a few weeks from now, you're probably looking at a little different landscape in terms of what else is available to you. 
you know, we did a whole thing on Get Up yesterday where Greeny was trying to get the, you know, can they trade for Kirk Cousins? Like, the Vikings are 0 2, but I go 0 2 is not dead. Like, they're still trying to win games. So, you get into October, closer to the trade deadline, something like that or something like that, or the different team might be available to you. So, I think right now they feel like their best bet is the guy they've had in the building, the guy they, they've worked with. And, and, um, and, and, you know, the hope, obviously, is that this was the second pick in the draft, and, and he obviously has some talent, so maybe something clicks. Uh, listen, I, I think Kirk Cousins would, would, would be an absolute dream for sure. this team, right? Like, like I think a lot sure. of people underestimate what but he can, can do. Right. Uh, here, here's another thing for you, and I, know, and I know you right. know this. Teams sure. that start 0-2 – Okay, um, twelve of the one hundred and twenty-five yep. uh, teams that have started zero and two in the last several years have made it to the playoffs, right? So only twelve of one hundred and twenty-five. So um, and and, and there's no denying this. You know, game season in a fourteen-team playoff field, right? Like it's not it's not as hard as it used to be. It's not as hard as it used to be, right? but it's it's yeah. it, it's it's pretty on their offensive. There's just sure, a lot. Sure. There's just a lot He'd wrong with that Vikings out. team, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I just, I so to me, that would be the home. For me, that that would be the home run if they could go out and get get Kirk Cousins. But you know, there's some other quarterbacks out there that I do feel Dan are better than Zach Wilson, Andy Dalton. Okay. Ryan Tannehill, mm-hmm. what's the deal with Kyler Murray and what's going on with Arizona, right? Aren't they in the market for Caleb Williams? Aren't they, like, just outright tanking this season? Mm-hmm. I mean, Kyler Murray is, is on um, uh, PUP or IR, right? Like, he has to miss at least the next three games, and, and we don't know when he's going to be healthy enough to play. Uh, Tannehill, I think, is probably gettable, but, uh, you know, they're – they're not ready to give up, and I'm not sure they're young guys in Tennessee. They feel like are ready to take over. So yeah, I mean, I you know, Dalton, like some of these teams that have backup quarterbacks, like that's an important position, right? Like you may need to sit if you're Carolina. You may sit, you may need to get to a point in the season where you need to sit right young down. That we've seen that happen with rookie quarterbacks. So yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's easier said than done. Is my only point. I'm just not sure the Jets have this sort of extensive menu of options available to them right now. And, and um, look, do you get aggressive in a couple of weeks if it feels like Zach Wilson is just lost and you're, like, throwing away a potentially great season with a team that is otherwise uh, seems to be maybe exceptional? Um, then I think you have to rethink it. But I, my understanding is their plan is to, is to go with Zach for a few weeks and, and, and see if he can handle it. And if he can't, then they change. They change the plan. Uh, let's talk about Nathaniel Hackett, right? Nathaniel Hackett, mm. um, a disaster as a head coach in Denver, comes here because, well, the Jets felt that's what they needed in order to lure Aaron Rodgers here. This is really Aaron Rodgers' offense. I, I just I look at Nathaniel Hackett as like a concierge to uh, to, to Aaron Rodgers. Now he's really going to have to coach. Let's be honest, Dan. What are your expectations? Like, like, how does this work now when Nathaniel Hackett – and this offense and him, like, legit trying, having to coach Zach Wilson. You certainly hope that he learned something from everything that went wrong um, last year in Denver, right? Which is a complete catastrophe for Nathaniel Hackett and that organization, and, and, and ideally he took lessons from it. When he's been an offensive coordinator before, he's been able to have some success, but a lot of that was with Rodgers and it was with – you know, in Green Bay, like Matt LaFleur calling the plays, right? So there definitely are some questions about Hackett and his ability to do this. 
without Rodgers. So I, I think you're absolutely correct. I think a lot of pressure is – look, entering the season, there was, there was going to be a ton of pressure on this whole coaching staff anyway because of the expectations. But now, obviously, it's changed. Expectations are going to be a lot lower, at least from the outside. Uh, because of the fact that of no Rodgers, but they still, you know, they all want to know of the division win over the team that's won the division last season. And I think, you know, they they have they're going to try and make the playoffs and win the Super Bowl best they can without Rodgers. So yes, I do think that that, that this becomes a referendum to some extent on Nathaniel Hackett and the coaching staff's ability to pivot from a difficult situation. Um, with that being said, I, I guess realistically, uh, let's start looking ahead to Dallas, right? This is the next team up. We saw what they were able to do to the Giants. In fact, you were there. This was the game that you covered, Dan, right? Uh, they just they made Daniel Jones' life a living hell. Now coming in, you've got Becton dealing with a knee. Uh, you've got Brown dealing with a shoulder. And you've got Mike, Michael Parsons coming after Zach Wilson, knowing that his completion percentage is 30% when he's under pressure. Uh, how do you see this game playing out? Well, I think it's going to be very tough to score. I think the thing that the Jets have going for them is it's probably going to be very tough to score on them too. And so I think the, the path to victory here, if you're the Jets or the Cowboys, is don't turn it over, right? Keep keep things keep things basic. Look for your opportunities against a very good defense and, and just make sure you take care of the ball. Like That game Sunday night for the Cowboys, against the Giants, they got the big early lead with the, you know, the, the special teams touchdown and the defensive touchdown. And it was pouring rain, and Mike McCarthy said after the game, like, the mission for Dak was to not turn it over. He said, we went to our bad weather plan. And he felt like Dak made really, really good decisions in terms of not putting the ball in harm's way and making sure he protected it, and, and they were able to build on the lead. So I think that was good practice for tomorrow for Dallas because – Obviously, you're not going to have weather, but you're going to be facing a defense that is difficult to score on and looking for any opportunity to wreck the game. So if you throw them the ball, we saw what happened. Josh Allen threw it to him three times. So if you do that, you're putting yourself in a bad situation. If it's a path to victory for the Jets, it is that. It is turn back Prescott over, put the Cowboys in positions where, you know, you have a short field against them and you might be able to go and get a touchdown or two, you know, the way they did against Buffalo. Um, on Monday night, right? With, I mean, you still need an incredible Garrett Wilson catch, but uh, I think that's the, I think that's the way to win this game for the Jets is um, is to keep it low scoring and um, and you know not make mistakes. All right, bigger picture here, Dan. Before we turn our attention to what's going on with the Giants, yeah. and and that is this division, right? Like, so the Miami Dolphins go out yeah, west. AFC, they do beat yeah, the Chargers, okay. but. But defensively, defensively, they look horrendous. Um, I feel that the Patriots should have beaten, should have, would have, could have uh, beaten the uh, the Eagles, outgained them in yards, first down, third down conversion rate. Um, I, I, I think in this division, I think people are sleeping on the Patriots uh, in the Bills. God knows what's going on with Josh Allen. There's a lot wrong there. I think this 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 division now is 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 wide open, and I think folks should really be paying attention to what's going on with the Patriots. What say you? I say that I think they have a high level defense. Uh, I think that they're going to be very difficult for teams to play against. I agree with you that I felt like for most of the second half of that game that they were going to get them, that they were going to beat the Eagles. Uh, they got in too big an early hole. I think they were down sixteen nothing, right? So. Uh, I think they're I think they're a legitimate team. If their offense can look like it did, 
um, then then they're a real threat. And and then it's a I think it's a four way race in that division, which I know a lot of people didn't feel uh, would be the case. But I do think they have an elite level defense, and obviously the offense will be better uh, with Bill O'Brien there coaching it. Just in terms of you know the organization, it wasn't necessarily Matt Patricia's fault that. that things were a mess last year, but he was put in a bad position and obviously it had an effect all the way down the line. So, yeah, I think they're legit. I'm, I'm curious to see their game tomorrow night against Miami because I think Miami, you're right, I mean, they gave up 233 rushing yards to the Chargers. That kind of plays into New England's hands, right? Like They're going to want to run the ball. So they will have the opportunity if they can, you know, double Tyree Kill, which for some reason the Chargers didn't, and, uh, and they can, you know, keep things in front of them. I think they'll have an opportunity to spring the upset. And if that happens, and then Buffalo gets on track against the Raiders, which I think they should, then you have, you know, things are really set up in a very interesting way. We could be looking at everybody in the division being one-on-one after two weeks, and that means we know nothing. Dan, let, let's turn our attention to what's going on with the Giants. Again, you were there at the Giants-Cowboys game uh, on Sunday night, and, boy, was it a train wreck, and you couldn't reel it back in, right? Uh, explain to Giants fans all that went wrong and, and why you think we saw a 40-0 result. You want me to explain all that went wrong for the Giants? How long is your show? <laughs> How much time do we have? Give me. Yeah, I mean, give me, give me like, like your I mean, top two reasons a, why you yeah. think it was it was just such a complete blowout. A complete disaster. I mean, look, obviously the, the the block field goal early on, and then the, you know the, they had protection issues all night against the defense, who's you know just loaded with pass rushes. You mentioned Michael Parsons, but they're running. I mean, they're running guys, gotcha in waves, and, and I mean. I remember I was at their camp and Oxnard talking to Dan Quinn, their defensive coordinator, and he said he felt like this was the deepest group he's had since he's been there. So I think that showed up on Sunday night. Um, and for the Giants, I mean, again, just, just a horrendous, I mean, everything that could go wrong went wrong kind of opener. And uh, I think they will be a better team than that. But I do think it pointed up a couple of issues. And I think that, you know, the, the right side of that offensive line is going to have to play better. I mean, you're not going to face uh, a pass rush like that every week, but you are going to face, you know, a, a professional team every week. Right? So you're going to have to be at least uh, competent on that side of the line, and they do they do look like they have some things to, to clean up. In terms of the offense and the way it operates, you know, it was raining. They were behind early. It was just a very bad situation. I think I think it's an important game for them tomorrow because you look at their upcoming schedule after Arizona, it's tough starting with the 49ers on the road on a short week. So uh, the Thursday night game. So they really are going to have to get a win against an Arizona team that I think most people expect to be near the bottom of the league this year. And um, you know, if they don't, then I think alarm bells should go off. But I also think that you know the Giants would do well to sort of look really good tomorrow to to be able to run the offense the way they thought they were going to be able to against the defense that is a little short personnel wise. If they don't, I think um, yeah, there's going to be some serious concerns, especially going into that tough stretch they have coming after. All right, I want to thank, of course, Jordan Renan and Dan Graziano joining us, both of them doing a magnificent job covering a number of teams, obviously, in the NFL. You want to stay tuned? We're going to end the show strong with our predictions, our score predictions, heading into both the Giants and the Jets games today. We'll be right back. You're listening to New York Game Day here on 907 ESPN. Now, back to New York Game Day with Amani Toomer, Mike Tannenbaum, and Anita Marks.
Welcome back. New York Game Day here on 98.7 ESPN. This portion of the show brought to you by Bud Light, the official beer of the NFL. Enjoy responsibly. And uh, it's time for our show predictions, our score predictions for both the Giants and the Jets, brought to you by MoheganSunCasino.com. Make sure you check them on the app. All right, guys, uh, let's start with the Giants and the Arizona Cardinals first, since, of course, we just got done talking to Jordan Renan. Mike, let's start with you. What's your score and why? I'll go Giants 18, Cardinals 15. Tough, low-scoring game. Giants get the first win of the season. Oh, I got – is it my turn now? It sure is. Are we good? All right, I got Giants 21, Arizona 17. Uh, I just feel like the Giants, it's a must-win for them. They have – their entire season is on, this, on the line. I'm going to go 21-17. Anita, did you get okay. that? Amani, Amani picked the Giants to win. I just <laughs> well, I got to go there and Can do you... the post game show. So, I, what am I going to do? <laughs> I get it. Can you believe it? Can you believe it? Um, I'm going Giants 24, Arizona 10. Again, I think this is the get right game. There's a reason why Brian Dable was voted uh, best coach of the year last year. He he really has to have these guys ready to go because, like I said, week three it's the 49ers short work week in San Francisco. I don't have them winning that one. You don't want to start the season 0-3. This Giants team is a lot better than what we saw last week, and I think they're a lot better than the Arizona Cardinals. So I've got the Giants 24-10. Now let's focus on what's going on with the Dallas and the Jets game. Mike, let's go to you. What's your score and why? Dallas 14-3. It may be a shutout. I just don't see Zach Wills scoring against this Dallas uh, defense. It'll be really interesting to see Dak and the Dallas offense against the Jet defense, which I think is great. Um, this has all, I don't know what the total points are or anything like that, but this just seems like it's going to be extraordinarily low scoring because I don't think Mike McCarthy is going to let Dak Prescott turn the ball over. Yeah, I, I disagree. I feel like the Jets have a chance. I think it's going to be a low scoring defensive struggle as well. I think the Jets might pull out another one with a special team, somehow figure out one to get a touchdown on offense. I'm going Jets 14, the Cowboys 10. Wow. Wow. Hold the phones. Talk about, talk about a, a, a Mike a Tannenbaum bomb. That's a, that's, that's, that's a tumor bomb. Ba- 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 oh, my God. Bagels on, bagels on me next week if that's the case, Imani. <laughs> Done. 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 Uh, Tombstradamus is here. I'm going Dallas 2010. Uh, I think this is going to be a real fun. If you love defense, uh, keep in mind, we, I, I think, I don't know if we, we neglected to mention this, but Carl, this will be Carl Lawson's debut game. Um, I, I think if you love defense, you like hard hitting football, man, you're going to love this matchup. So I do like the under here, but I, I just, I just don't have faith in Zach Wilson guys. I, I just don't. And I, and I think he's, I think he is going to turn the ball over some way, some, some way, shape or form, whether it's going to be interception or a fumble. And I think that's going to be a real big key. I think Dallas is going to capitalize on that. I got Dallas 20 and the Jets 10. Again, uh, these are our score predictions brought to you by Mohegan Sun Casino.com. Play Mohegan, your favorite casino games. In the palm of your hand, visit Mohegan Sun Casino.com. Must be 21 years or older. Help is available. If you have problem in gambling, make sure you call 888 789 or visit ccpg.org. Gentlemen, let's go around the room. Mike, let's start with you. Uh, final thoughts before we, uh, we do sign off on the show. 
You know, I think it's getting late early for a couple teams. I put Kansas City and Buffalo up there. I think these are really important games. Kansas City is on the road today, Jacksonville. Buffalo has their home opener uh, against Vegas. But those are the you know two teams everyone was saying, hey, they should be there at the end again for the AFC. But, you know, you, you mentioned it earlier, like 0-2 isn't great by any stretch. And, um, you know, look, we're still in early mid-September here, but I think Buffalo and Kansas City have consequential games today. Amani? I think the Bengals, Ravens, I think the Bengals are, uh, you know, their quarterback hasn't practiced, uh, Joe Burrow. Now, coming off that uh, calf injury, I just feel like going against the Ravens in division, going 0-2 in the division to start would be a disaster for them. Uh, I feel like it's a must win, a must win for the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, I've got the Jags upsetting the Kansas City Chiefs in Kansas City starting the season 0-2. Um I just believe in this Jaguars offense. I believe in Trevor Lawrence. I think Calvin Ridley is the difference maker. I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to come down to the wire, and I think the Jags pull it off at home. Uh, by the way, I want to remind you, Golf Zone Social is an indoor golf simulator with 22 hitting bays and a family-friendly sports environment. It's the perfect place to tee it up for birthday parties, team-building events, friendly get-togethers. Here's your chance to score a $100 Golf Zone Social Hitting Bay reservation credit we know Mike Tannenbaum needs this for his game. <clears throat> Just be caller number three oh, right now. Wow, you went there. Shots at 888-987-ESPN. 888-987-ESPN. All thanks to Golf Zone Social, the most social experience in golf. Cheers to food. Cheers to golf. Cheers to fun. Hey, listen, we want to thank everybody, our producers, Harvey and Chantel, producing the show today. A lot of moving parts behind the scene uh, that you, the listeners, uh, don't know, and they did a phenomenal job. Also, of course, Rich Samini, Jordan Renan, Dan Graziano. Gentlemen, uh, show number two in the books. It really is fun waking up and doing the show with you. I so appreciate it. You guys enjoy week two, okay? And we'll be back, of course, next Sunday morning. Also, stay tuned, of course, because it's a late kickoff game, 4, 4, 15, 4, 30, something like that for the Jets. Uh, you've got your Jets pregame show coming your way at 2.25. So you've got Ty Butler and Brandon Jacobs who are going to come your way next. They'll pick up where we leave off right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is New York Game Day, presented by Tullamore Dew Irish Whiskey. When it's game time, it's Tully time. Infinity, discover more about the luxury and performance of an Xfinity QX60 crossover at XfinityUSA.com or visit your local Infinity dealer today. And by the engagement experts at London Jewelers. Visit them at any of their seven locations, including Short Hills, or shop online at LondonJewelers.com.